solving that like 25 year old mystery in my life of like every night when I go to bed after I brush my teeth this mystery man that breaks into my house and shits in my mouth like I want to <laughs> find out who he is like. welcome to another episode of movie Sherpas with me Jason and my fellow buddy in crime here Mr. Warren that's it Dude, movie shoppers. Yes, we again. If you're not familiar, if this is you know the first time you've heard us, we are here to guide you and blaze the trail towards the blockbuster K2 base camp of the unsummitable mountain that is your streaming services. Yeah, uh, let us be your guide. Let us be <laughs> your guide. So the, the suspicious, the suspicious noises were were Alex. It's it's kind of funny. We were talking about brushing our teeth. Uh, he his his toothbrush has a suction cup on the bottom, and God bless him, he's a, he's a really smart kid. But he was just in the bathroom on the porcelain of the toilet, just going. Like <laughs> <laughs> that, over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Well, could be. I mean, I, it's the best part about having your kids, though, is the gummy, is the snacks, like. Oh yes, it's like there's an embarrassingly large pile of these over here. It's not good. <laughs> Speaking of stuff that's not that doesn't go right, <laughs> we have a movie to talk about. Movie sharpers. This podcast <laughs> it just never seems to go where it's going to go. We I have even a... met up yesterday to put the train on the track, and it's still... yeah, it's still wobbling. I mean, we yet to we yet to leave. But uh, yes, so we've got a we. This is this. Now that we've lost everybody, and there's like four people here that really want to know about this movie. <laughs> yeah, and at which point, obviously, they could have just run and watched it if they really wanted to. Know. So, like, you, again, you could, you could be, you could be. A, I'm, tro- I'm Trojan horsing our own podcast, like tearing it apart from the inside, just breaking it down. Yep, but, that's well, you know. It has to happen. Someone's got to do it. We're like a thumb up your ass. <laughs> Uncomfortable at first. But after a while, not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you'll always remember this. You'll always remember it. <laughs> so, uh, we're talking about, uh, on this week's episode, we're talking about No Sudden Move. Uh, the Soderbergh, the new, I'm surprised, uh, it's a. I didn't even know it was a Steven Soderbergh movie until I watched it. Um, it it's I I like a good, I like a good, you know, crime gone wrong movie, or a crime gone yeah. wrong gone right movie, kind of like an Ocean's Eleven or Reservoir Dogs type of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. It's solid. They're intriguing. They're. You know, there's just they tick all those boxes, and uh, like I said, that's obviously what it was built as. Um, like I said, I, for me, right off the bat, it pulled me in just intrigue, start the style. It had the, the, it, the coming into the movie right out the bat. This movie's like got some swag. Oh, absolutely. Right? There's definitely, some there's definitely. some there's some real creative swagger about it. It's like the intro's like a damn western. Like, you know what I mean? With the guy coming over the hill, the, like, the way, you know, I mean, just the pacing of it. It's just like, yeah, this looks like a fucking classic Western. 
It does. Um, it looks like something. It, but it looks like a. It looks like a western, like Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, like a yeah, western, yeah, okay. a, like a western that's <clears throat> a western that is done in that style, but shot with the newest technology, like you know, or has, yeah. you know, it's Once Upon a Time in the West that has, you know, Charles Bronson in it. That's not exactly. I don't really picture yeah. Bron- Charles Bronson <laughs> as you know, Mister Mister Western, but there he is. Yeah. So like, it's brilliant in the fact that it kind of. It, it's you can you could watch if you wanted to watch like a kind of a like a, a couple like a good pairing, you could watch this movie, Goodfellas and Reservoir Dogs. You could watch all three of those movies and kind of and kind of see some parallels in between uh, the storytelling, the the camera usage, the color palette, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and and the acting as well. I mean, they all kind of. They all kind of play, especially like, uh, especially like Benito del Toro and uh, Brendan Fraser and David Harbour. They all, I mean, those are the three probably most unique characters out of there. Uh, especially David Harbour, who plays, he's a puss. <laughs> sir, sir, I'm going to punch you now. What's going, yeah. what's coming next is a punch. I'm yeah. going... <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I felt like, you know, the, the, the cameos that pop up in the movie, like, because even Brendan Fraser, I mean, he's introduced in the movie and you're like, oh, he's in this. And it's like, yeah, now he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, and it was kind of like that throughout. So it was like, definitely, I, I felt like this was like a passion project. Lots of favors were called in. Right. Um, yeah. That doesn't knock its creativity. Like I said, it was like... Oh, sure. If, if, if you wanted to make a movie, right, if, if you were like, I have this idea, I want to shoot this movie, and you had no... Uh, no one's going to let you shoot it with the lenses that he shot this with. Like, they're right. going to say, they're going to contest it to fucking bloody bone. Yeah, they're gonna be like absolutely not, because like you know in film school all this shit and storyboarding, you learn like this thing is for X Y and Z and this thing's for this and this is for this and it's just like I love that I love that he did that where he had if like I said I think we said this before I felt like he had two rigs set up he had the one with the um with the like convex lens and yeah. then he had another which was more like medium to close shots but the amount of use that he got out of that shot which i mean let's think about like a a hollywood style movie like that camera might have only got used maybe four times for big establishing shots right and yeah for a bit of style but he's like no i'm gonna do this whole fucking scene yeah so i'm gonna use this big wide lens in this tiny fucking kitchen to capture this, like conversation between these three guys and it's just like well (laughs) i just thought it was brilliant though i thought that took such balls and it worked i mean also how do you how do you solve the problem of shooting inside a car you shoot from out you shoot from outside of it how do you make that interesting well you show the whole car well how do you get the people inside the car to be close enough, you get a lens with such a short depth of field that it looks like a, 
a, it looks like the car's just squished. It looks like the hood is this long, <laughs> and the and the windscreen is right there. You know, that's I thought that was a really cool idea when Don Cheadle and Del Toro in the car, and Cheadle walks away and uh, Del Toro wants him to leave his keys. He wants to listen to the radio, and that kind of it follows Cheadle out of the car, and it pans from it. Well, it pans. Both of them in the, are in the shot, but. Cheadle's side of the car is heavy. You can see it because it's wider, and it pans on through, and you actually kind of see it scroll from from thick to thin yeah, as yeah. he leaves. And that's just because he, I guess, Soderbergh wanted to keep the car the same size as he pulled back a little, and he saw Cheadle come around the back of the car. I thought that was a brilliant alternative to doing I, close yeah, no, to I, doing close follows and stuff like that. Like I said, it's because. Like, again, it's kind of like a throwaway. I think most people who watch the movie will just see it for what it is and just be like, it looks nice. But, like, for me, it was kind of, like, breaking a lot of, like... It, it was it was a fucking punk rock move. It was, like, fucking, you know, all yeah. these established things of how you film a movie like this, where you get this real nice close shot of uh, Cheetah leaving the car, and then it spins around, like, yeah. fucking Guy Ritchie style on the mm-hmm. window, and you see him, like, you know what I mean? That kind of... yeah that rhythmic flow of the camera being fluid and he's like no i'm just gonna fucking basically like catch it all in one shot yeah like it's whole distance it's done so it's done so old school like in like a lot of times like especially if you if you go way back like even like even if we go into like movies that are that were at the time big budget like singing in the rain yeah. A lot of those, a lot of those big, like wide establishing shots of Gene Kelly walking and all that, that's just one camera coming up close and then coming out. Later on, when they do, when you see filmmakers do those same shots, it goes from like one static shot to a little bit closer that's following, and then they ju- it's like these big jump cuts and everything, which is it makes it more exciting for sure to see that dynamic camera movement, but it's so much more, it's like, it's much more like theater when it's one camera that's kind of doing all this different stuff. You know, and and in my opinion, in my opinion, that makes, that sort of connects the audience a little bit more to what's going on because then you actually feel as though you're the person seeing that because we're, the only thing moving is us. You know, so we must be right here. I I don't know. I think given such a big stage to a screen actor like that, it kind of... Because a lot of the times, I think in, like, movies, especially, like, more modern movies, it's kind of watched through the lens of someone's holding the back of your head and being like, look at it, look at it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's just telling you what to look at the whole time. But in that, you're kind of sat back. So for anybody to get my attention now, you know, I mean, because he's competing with multiple guys on here, and then, like, then the guy who's directed the thing, like, he has got a guy that he wants you to be looking at. Like, this is the guy, but, like, it has to, it has to be that guy, you know what I mean? When you're you, right. when so many people are on screen at once, it's, it's, uh, no, I really like that. I thought that was a fucking really cool move off of, uh, like, stylistically. Um, just how many shots he got with that. I swear to God, every other cut is this camera again is it's like, some kind it's, of it's one that he's like 
finally paid off at the studio and it's his. <laughs> like, so you know what I mean? And he's it? like, every other shot, he's just like, everything looks great. In it. But we've all done that. Like, we've all done that. Oh, hell yeah. Right? Like, you just fall in love with something. You're just like, yeah, like, everything is going to, like, yeah, I'm just... for absolutely everything. I'm gonna. I bet if you go, if you go and look through his fucking family photo album, it's all gonna be just that. These really, really, really like annoyingly wide. (laughs) It's him and his wife's wedding photo. They're both stood either side of that thing. Just empty space. Like, look how far you can stand away from me, and you're still on camera. Look at that. Look at that. I love you. (laughs) I love you. But no, it, I love that about it, um, the look of it. The parts that I, if I was going to knock anything about it, um, there was just one or two characters that kind of broke that um, that time lens that we were in. And mm-hmm. it's not anything that that actor did. I just think that like when you do a piece from that era, like you're talking like 50s and shit. Right. It's maybe not realistic, but we've been, from what we've seen, like, I, I like I don't care, like, but movie stars back then just look like, you see a fucking man from the 50s in a movie, like, he's a fucking man, like, you know yes. what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, well, you know what I mean, like, they just had this quality about them, and it wasn't necessarily, they weren't necessarily like today's things where it was like, um, just attract, like, a, a good looking guy. It was something more than that, right? Because like they weren't all like traditionally like good-looking guys, but there was just something about they were just a bit more hard-edged, you know. Like um, there was just that look, wasn't it, at that time? Like, and I, I just think that uh, for I hate to do this because like throwing in the shadow, but like uh, no soda before bed, piss you, piss the bed, dude. <laughs> Home Alone. Oh, <laughs> I, I just I, and, and that's you're talking about him. I think that's Kieran Culkin. Yes. <laughs> okay. Now, and that's not a knock on him necessarily. Like, yeah, like there was nothing he did that was wrong. It's no, just, but yeah, if you could have put, put him in a fucking trilby hat and suspenders, <laughs> and he still wouldn't have looked like he belonged there. And that's again, it's not not an acting scope thing. I just think in a period like that, like look at the fucking uh, dude from Mad Men. The yeah, dude was the detective. yeah, like, John Hamm. He can, yeah, he can do those movies all day long. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even you know, people would be like, "Oh, but like, look, um, Brendan Fraser doesn't look how he used to." But that was like, he looks like he belongs here, though. There was always that guy, right? Like the guy that he was playing. Um, you know, there's always the fat cat, right? The guy who's calling the shots, and you know, like that look. Yep. But it's still he fits. And there was just one or two characters that I was just having a hard time with. Um, that that was the most notable one. And like I said, it's not really a. It's not really. Yeah, a it hit. doesn't. It's not knocking the movie, and it's it doesn't. Oh, it like aesthetically and everything. It's it's a little it's a little kind of jolty, but you know it doesn't do it doesn't do such horrible things to the movie that you're like. No, no, and and it is you know without spoiling anything, it's kind of brief. It's in passing and right, whatnot. But I did pick up on it because I was just like, because when and and I think if anything, it's more of a credit to how well he had done aesthetically with the time period. Considering, yeah, because he because he didn't overdo it. Like, because that's one thing that can happen, right? When you're doing a, a period piece, you can fucking 
overdo it. Like we've got like fucking we've got like newspapers for no reason with the see. It's like, <laughs> look, look at it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah, to the some... date. <laughs> yeah. Look at this new record player. <laughs> like yeah. you know, like and just like they can overdo it. But they he, he did it well. But I think that's why it stood out so much. Because mm -hmm. I, at that point, when that happens, when you're first introduced to that character, you're already in. The movie's rolling. Like we're we we've gone a bit, and um, that, that's why I was like, it's not jarring. It's not like oh, turn this off. Terrible. It's just like it, it just made me think. Basically, that whole conversation I just had is just I think that certain time periods are, are just like framed in your in your kind of like psyche, in like this social psyche of what people right. look like. Right. And a 15-year-old in the 50s looked like a 40-year-old. <laughs> like, they just did. Like, they're no, fully you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Teenagers in the 50s were... They were... They looked, like, they looked like us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you look at that, like, class pictures. Like, when they had the whole class there, it's like, oh, wow. It, I didn't know that 8th grade used to be for 35-year-olds, yeah. like, like, because they're all just, like, grown men, just in suits and ties and shit, just like, Whoa. Oh, is this, is this a Lions club? To, oh, no, it's eighth, uh, it's the eighth grade, it's the eighth grade boys <laughs> yeah. basketball team. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not the Why 50, suits? it's, this, <laughs> this isn't the 54 Celtics, right? No, it's the, you know, it's the Mercyhurst basketball team, like, yeah, eighth no, grade it's, boys it's, basketball team. Yeah, it's bizarre, and, and I think that's the same with everyone. I think um, maybe some eras have uh, a larger, like, diversity of characters in your psyche that you place in that sure. time. Um, you know, if you get somewhere like the 70s and stuff like that, where you have very, like, parallaxing things. So we do have the straight-laced, like, you know, more fucking brick-jawed fucking... yeah. We're gonna we'll go into war, and then we have the more super mellow. Fucking, yeah, yeah, dude. Like you know what I mean. Like, and that's the two extremes. And in between that, we have so much more. But I right. feel like fifties is so. This is what you got. <laughs> like, and then that yeah, kind of all fits the, well, the time. And like all the all the post war stuff. Like all the like all the all the post World War Two period pieces and all the movies and stuff and and even the movies that came from that era like the movies that were being made after World War 2 they really have this kind of there's a polish that happened because we're kind of like we're we're now we're now wounded from the war so now everything that's coming out afterwards has this sort of I don't know, it has this sort of polish to it, and all the things were kind of, we weren't talking about war, and we were kind of, we were we were just sort of, we were trying to make movies that made us happy, and, and all those different things. And yeah. when you try to make a movie that's in that period, about a much darker aspect of that time, um, having a, you know, straight-laced, clean-jawed, Hey, I'm 37, but I look like I'm 11, uh, <laughs> dude. In the film, it kind of it it's it's jarring. It's like a time traveler comes in, like who the f wait what? Yeah. You know? 
But you are right. Then then you have John Hamm to come in and be like, Rrr. it's like, oh, okay, we're, we're back. Dude, like, we're back. That guy, that guy <laughs> could do the rest of his fucking career if he if he put on his fucking head with his headshot and like his casting calls and shit. If he said to his agent, any movie that is in in the fucking from fifty to fifty five, I'm not interested, and he'd still get a lifetime of work because, yeah. like I said, he's in that small pool of guys. Mm-hmm. That, you're gonna go to to get that done right like there's yeah. very few of them um, right del toro but... del toro is is uh is one is also one of them he's i don't know he he's kind of like a ghost in the movie it's it's like the character he play the character he plays is it's classic del toro it's you know a little unhinged it's a little uh, he's a little weirder than everybody else you know i loved it when <laughs> this isn't a spoiler um, cause the movie kind of does some twists and turns and everything, but I love it when he's like, I've had a very, very difficult day and he puts, yeah. and I need to, I need to calm down. So instead of, and that's, I kind of, instead of like knocking a person out so he could take his mask off that he's wearing to reveal his identity, he just puts a blanket over her head. And I was like, <laughs> that's weird, but that's, that's a, that's yeah, an interesting yeah. thing. Like it, it gives you kind of like I don't want to hit this lady in the back of the head with a blackjack and knock her out so I can take my, you know, take my mask off. I'm just gonna. Yeah, that that this is uh, again like um, again like we 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 don't uh, the the whole point of this is that we don't like critique movies and shit like because we want to pull out the 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 positive side so like that's just to cover my ass because like this isn't me shitting on it but like it's just uh again like cause it, the movie is what it is like i can't be mad about what it is like but uh, there was points where it started to take that turn it, in that same scene right mm. when we have now we've got the developed thing and we've seen things we know the journey we're gonna go on now and you're like oh shit yeah. now things have got real and then this dark humor started to emerge and i was like this is gonna be good Right. And then I don't know. Then I kind of felt like it lost a bit of Steve in the middle there. Like, in between that act to the last one, there was just kind of, like, so many ends to tie up and so much stuff that we kind yeah. of... It's like someone's just, just wait there. It'll be ready in a minute. <laughs> like, we'll yeah. And they do, they pull it off. But totally. Like, the, the totally. Humor, like, that, that uh, aspect of that dark humor, it seems like it was, like an idea at first and they're like no 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 no. yeah well and that's that's kind of you know with with Soderbergh and everything that's kind of he he always kind of has a a tongue-in-cheek way about him when when he's when he's making making movies so and and also it's kind of a heavy it's it's sort of a, a heavy subject the you know it's a crime movie it's about it's about this you know, it's about this ragtag group of yeah. weird no, guys. I, you know, like I, uh, I don't think it should have necessarily have been like that humor continued where it was so blatant. But I think that those were two good moments to be like, it's okay to laugh because like some of my favorite, you know, because I'm I'm a guy who's like I I don't think that movies that aren't funny should be funny. I think that that's ridiculous. That seems to be like oh sure my movies are pushed today, right? Like everybody has to have a fucking punchline and stuff like that. It's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I am a huge fan of movies where it, it, it's a movie where you can put it on. There's a certain type of dark comedy, right? Where the comedy is so dark 
that you could put it on in a room full of people and find out who your friends are. Sure. Because, no, absolutely. Uh, uh, because some people can just straight face it. They don't get it. It goes over their head. They're like, that was horrible. What just happened? Mm-hmm. And then the people who like get it, who that joke's for, and that's the genius of that like dark comedy when it's done right, right? Like we don't have to put emphasis on that this is funny. Just it happening is enough to make it funny. And so I thought that those were two good moments for the movie to kind of be like, yes, we're dealing with this, but it's okay to laugh. You know what I mean? Like, right? It, yeah, it's it. there's well, I mean, Soderbergh. Uh... Soderbergh has uh, has quite a few he has quite a few movies to his credit that have those little those little it's a a lot of like oh well Aaron Brockovich is one of the movies Soderbergh is famous for and Julia Roberts in that movie I love Julia Roberts in in there and it's such a heavy it's a, it deals it's dealing it's dealing with you know so much prejudice and and oppression and all the different types of things that were going on at the time in America in law you know a brilliant woman not being able to not being able to take it, be taken seriously so what does she do she leans into how did you do that they're called boobs ed like <laughs> that's those are the little tiny things that Soderbergh was like Early on, and I mean, he's been doing stuff since Sex Lies and, and Videotape from the late '80s. But um, I don't know. There's always kind of been those. He's he kind of he's he's really brilliant at taking those heavy kind of subjects, like and and putting and putting this little kind of vein of of humor in them that kind of grounds the audience. It grounds the audience back to okay, this is just a movie. You know, I yeah, I like I, I totally get it. I just think pacing wise, have adding that feature to mm-hmm. Del Toro's character would have evened out the two characters a little bit more. I'm not saying have him come in and be the life of the fucking party. But yeah, I'm just saying, just making those little remarks, and he does. He makes a fair amount of them, but I just think that. At that point, where you hit that point, and you know that that's getting a laugh, right? When yeah, he does that. When he puts oh, the absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, you know for and a so fact. Now, and now he's got everyone's attention. Like I'm not saying have him be that guy who's chasing the laugh, right? He's gonna try and go bigger and better. But like, no. Sure. Like, now people are gonna be listening to what he says because they're gonna be like, like, and you know, he has a couple more moments in the movie, but there, there is definitely like a point where you get to this like threshold. I feel like where you get to like, you know. It's like they, everything gets stuck in a funnel, and mm-hmm. we just the pacing just almost comes to a stop. Um, and I, I felt like the whole time the movie was like it set us up what we were gonna do. We went out to go do what we were gonna do, and then even in the third act, they're still explaining to us what they were doing, why they went to where they're going. And yeah, just, and it was just like over. And it's like that's great. I don't care about that. Where are we going? Like, yeah, where is this going? no, there was a, and, um, a there was quite a there was quite a bit of that. It felt very um, it felt very Reservoir Dog Dogs, as you know, everybody that kind of came in was sort of reiterating what the fucking job was and what we were supposed to be doing, and now we got to do this, you know, and all that kind of like that's that's sort of uh, that's that's kind of a, a neat thing to do. He did that a lot with Ocean's Eleven, 
And yeah, I mean, he did all it, those all those movies. He did you know, he did all that with those sort of uh, the kind of callbacks to, you know, this was the plan. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like that's kind of a thing that he that uh, I've seen. It's, it's to be expected uh, in a, a movie like that. Like I said, I just I I think that the it gets just as it starts to roll, it kind of slows down, and then it's like, um, so, so like. That's not to say that the ending and stuff wasn't good, but if I if I could cut that movie in half, that first half is head and shoulders better than the second half of that movie. And that's yeah. not to say anything about story or resolution or things like that. I just think altogether, like what's inside that, and 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 that's kind of backwards, really, because like a lot of movies are the opposite, right? Where they mm-hmm. kind of yeah, there's, like, it's, there's a lot such of times a rush. They, um... Yeah, a lot of times you're, a lot of times you're looking for, you know, kind of they, all all the movies that even huge convoluted movies like Reservoir, like even like this movie kind of doubles back on itself. They're all three act narrative movies. It's just kind of it's like listening it's like listening to to like Tool or Meshuga, where everything is like oh this is crazy ass metal and everything's like, yeah but it's all in four four. It's just kind of, it's just kind of picking itself apart and moving in different directions, and I, th- I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of interesting. I think it's kind of interesting pacing wise when that's done right, like in a movie like Memento, yeah. like Memento, or, uh, or The Machinist. I, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's something that you don't know if you've got it right until someone else is watching. Right, like until yeah, uh, until multiple, until it's out. Otherwise, every movie movie would have perfect pacing. But it's got. I think that's something that comes with anything creative, right? Like that. There's look like an artist can do a lot of things, but he can't perceive his own work mm. authentically. You know what I mean? Right. That's where the audience comes in. And so, like the like, so like the honest answer to like, how do you paint a masterpiece from Michelangelo? He'll tell you, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. I have no like idea. It. I don't know why they <laughs> like this one so much. I hate it. Yeah. This is my favorite one. <laughs> this is the one that I love. And they throw it away. Like, <laughs> like, throw it away. You know, and that's just how it is, isn't it? Like, and, mm-hmm. um, so like I said, I love, there's definitely a lot of, like we talked about the camera and just the idea of the movie and stuff I, like that. It's, I have an it's idea. a labor of love. <laughs> Oh my god! Well, I mean, Soderbergh is like that, right? Yeah. Stevens, like, if you look at his stuff, I if you look at his stuff, he's done, he's done so many fantastic movies. Like, uh, well, if you really want to, if you really want to watch a Steven Soderbergh movie that didn't age well, go watch Contagion and be like, was this filmed last? It's like, was this filmed yeah. last year? No, it wasn't. It was filmed back in 2011. <laughs> but yeah. I have a, I, I, I think I understand why. Uh, this movie and subsequently a couple of his a couple other movies that uh, Soderbergh has come out with have been so interesting to look at uh, because back in 2018 he did that I just I just wanted to look up to make sure it was it was right but he did uh, that movie Unsane okay and it's about the girl who gets uh, wrongly committed to a mental institute yeah, yeah, I've seen and he that. and he shot the whole thing on an iphone <laughs> yeah so he was like 
fuck it. I'm just, whatever, it's going to be, this one's going to have the good cameras in it. Like, it's, it's gotta. Like, I did that three years ago. I shot a full-length rated R horror movie on my phone. Okay? Yeah. I did the cool, I did the cool, you know, influencer. I'm going to make this movie like I want to make this movie. Yeah. You know? No, um, like I said, it sounds like I'm shitting on it. It's, it's more of like, I obviously watched the whole thing. I enjoyed it. I, there's... Uh, like I said, I just like to point out parts where it could. It's more of a like, if I could have improved, if I could have made it better, that's what I would have done. Not necessarily something that it didn't do. Like you know, I mean, it was like lacking. I just think. Um, right. Yeah. We're, it's exactly. We're not. We're not necessarily pointing things out to say that they're flaws. It's just interesting things that we noticed that were kind of that. We're just, you know, I mean, we're we're fucking dicks. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure he's not going to lose any sleep over it. Yeah, Steven yeah. Steven Soderbergh is really concerned about what these two idiots think about his gigantic thirty plus year long movie yeah, career. Exactly. <laughs> but no, it's it was uh, again like obviously we can't go into because people will say you know. Oh, well, that's yeah. great. You've talked about it for 30 minutes, but you haven't told me what it's about. It's like, that's because that's what the movie is. Yeah, because exactly. That's not, the whole reason you're watching it is to find out what it's about. Is <laughs> because I, I, I can't literally, I can't say anything. Otherwise, it ruins the movie. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've, we've given, we've given you, we've given you enough. You know, it's a, so, you know, it's a movie by Steven Soderbergh about criminals and it stars Benicio Del Toro and Don Cheadle. And John okay. Hamm and Ray David Leona. Harbour, Ray okay. Ray fucking Leota, Matt Damon. Matt Damon makes a cameo. Like, go Dude. watch the movie. And Matt Damon's cameo was the weirdest one. Because so like, <laughs> when it kicks off, because I I notice this a lot, especially because I'm not from this country, right? So like, when I watch your guys' TV, like I know when something's being done. When it's like, yeah, look at this. Everyone knows who this guy is. Like, I don't know who this guy is. Like, right. it happens to me all the time because they do it. Like, I know when something's filmed, like if they film a commercial and the person is like, yeah, everyone knows who I am. <laughs> like, I know when they film something like that. And so when that shot happened, it was like quite, again, quite a far <laughs> shot. And I'm just like, who the fuck is he? Like, it, like this was the big reveal. And I'm just like, who the fuck is this? And it's like, oh, it's fucking yeah. Matt Damon playing <laughs> some, like, he looks really old. <laughs> Like yeah, really weird. But um, no, great. Damon Damon um, does Damon does uh, Damon does gray hair and added wrinkles very well. Yeah, because he's ageless. He's an immortal, so they have to make him. They have to age him. He looks like a completely <laughs> different person. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like he does, and he does that role well that he plays there. Um, fucking back and forth with. Uh, Del Toro and uh, Ray Liotta <laughs> in that bit because he just he played he, yeah like when we were talking about like villains a while ago especially like this type of like crime villain and uh, for a project we were talking about it's like how he plays it is like exactly that like no matter what role he's playing I feel like Goodfellas always secured him that like no matter what role you play no matter if it's you're losing or you're winning like sharp as a fucking knife though you yeah, know what i mean absolutely They're always outsmarting guys and i love that 
being a, almost like a third, like some weird like meta quality of his characters that like he always has that, and um, so like that whole thing again. I I, I suck at this because it's like, I want to say stuff. I want to tell you guys about the movie, but I don't want people to be like. Oh, fucking ruin the movie! <laughs> like, you know yeah, what I mean? like, yeah. Uh, no, we we try to back and forth. I want to try to be spoiler free. Has with Del Toro is fucking brilliant, though. Like, <laughs> and it's just like he's he's basically like, I know you've been fucking my wife, and he's like, yeah, he's like that, that yeah. It's like she's got the clap from me to you, and he's just like, oh, okay. And like they talk it through, and he's like, yeah, okay, I'll be there with the. What was that the thing? And then he turns around, I knew you were fucking. Because <laughs> like, he plays it so cool. Like, she told me. Yeah, she tells me this stuff. He's just like, it's fucking. Like, I don't care. You know? Uh, all this. And he's just like, oh, okay, well, then I'll, I'll meet you here. He's like, yeah, okay, we'll be there. And it's like, goes so smoothly. And just as soon as the door shuts, he's like, get down, you bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew you were fucking him. Uh, so, I could, I, to be like a fly on the wall when they were shooting that to see like two of like two of the most distinct voices and faces in cinema. Like when you hear Ray Liotta speak, you know, it's Ray Liotta. When you hear Benicio del Toro talk, you know, it's Benicio del Toro and they have such like unique features and the way and their cadence and everything. Cause del Toro can do anything from he could, he could, he could, I mean, he's, he's, he's he's a native Spanish speaker. So he can, he could do all types of dialect and, and put those kind of accents in his voice. And, and Leota really only has one gear and everyone is, that's his, that's everyone's favorite gear. (laughs) You stupid motherfucker. Like, you know, (laughs) that's the gear. (laughs) And just to, I mean that when, when, when Soderbergh hit record, he just kind of went, I would love to film a movie. Like, I want to do... Like, we've been talking about these movies a lot recently, like the the sports comedy type movies. I want to do a dark sports comedy movie where he's the coach and he's just got these fucking kids. And he's just like, you stupid motherfucker. Just just not going going easy on them at all. I'm going to tell my dad. No, yeah, bring your dad. Bring him right here. I beat your dad's ass in fourth grade. I'll beat his ass now. Like, <laughs> oh shit! Oh, that's funny. I talked your mother, Billy. I talked her. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's my favorite conjugation of the word "pork." By the way, as a <laughs> as a funny, as, yeah. as a verb. <laughs> but, uh, I, no, porked, I, that... I porked your mother, Leroy. <laughs> Leroy. <laughs> she had nothing Leroy. to say about it. She had nothing to say about it. You know why? Because you disappoint her, Leroy. Because <laughs> you can't hit you can't hit a free throw to save your mother, can you, Leroy? You can't. <laughs> we're playing football. You don't know what we're playing. You have no idea. You have no idea. You have no idea. It'd be so good doing a, a movie like that where it's like it's a comedy movie, but he doesn't know that it's a comedy movie. <laughs> like, yeah, 
Like it's so I don't know. Like could you imagine like it done like as the kids aspect of it, it's sort of done like Good Boys, that Seth Rogen film. And then you just throw Ray Liotta in there as a red herring. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to do like the Mighty Ducks, except the coach isn't so understanding. <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> it's like two it's like two kids in the locker room doing HGH. Like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Where the hell'd you get that? Yeah. It's like, don't get know, it from like, him. I'll you get it from this guy. Get it from. <laughs> it's uh, like where like the comed the like so one of the comedic moments. So like you look at the movie like Dodgeball, right? Yeah. It's it's that fucking uh, Justin kid getting hit with anything. It's yes. Just yes. funny. Justin we Long taking the, a wrench to the face. Yes. Yeah, we go to the lowest form of comedy, and now every time in the movie that this kid eats shit, it's fucking the best thing ever. Like, mm-hmm. it's just the best part ever. It really um, is. <laughs> and they do that. So, like, I think in a movie like this, it's just him losing his shit. So it'd be funny to do, like, a movie like The Mighty Ducks, where it's, like, where... Or, or like, uh, the Bad News Bears, right? Yes, okay. When... It's one of those movies where it's like, we're the underdogs, and it's okay to lose, except he's not in on it. So yeah. like, all the audience and the kids are all like, yeah, it's okay to lose, but still have it be that comedic highlight that the coach is, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, just to end yes. the movie on him just fucking bollocking them. Oh, yes. Hilarious. Oh, my God. What the fuck are you smiling about? <laughs> like... <laughs> It would have to be Ray Liotta, too. It would have you know, to be. Yeah, just, no one else. Everyone's been... Because... Everyone's been too nice to kids lately, but I have never seen Ray Liotta be nice to a child. <laughs> no, I've not seen it. <laughs> I've not no, seen it. Uh, I, I just think he'd do it so well because he just has that look that's so believable, even to like grown men. That, yeah. Like, when he's not happy about something, yeah. Like he really is good at conveying that, and so like I think a movie like that it'd just be fucking brilliant. Oh my god. Like, like and all the all like the mums there like watching like freaking out every time. So you go shut up, Sandra. You go, shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, you're the reason he's like this. It's you. Yeah. It's you're the reason. <laughs> and there's like there's one reasonable dad. It's like it's like Rob. They're eight. There's a, yeah, then you know what like, I was doing when I was eight. I was winning. Baseball games, it's soccer. Don't tell me what I'm coaching. Don't. Yeah. T- <laughs> it's like the complete opposite of that. Uh, oh, what's that? Oh man, why can't I think of it now? Uh, it's the the football movie or TV show. Oh, um, oh, I, I I know what you're talking about. It's right there. I forgot what it's called. It's the complete opposite of uh, Barry, it's Barry something or other. Bear, I forget his name. Yeah. It's, it's the complete opposite <laughs> of yeah. that. Of yeah. that movie. I, I just think it'd be funny. And then Somebody got, like, leave that kid, in the comments. He's got like, this one kid on the team who's like the worst, but he's really nice to him because he's trying to bang his mom. <laughs> oh, my God. You're a killer, Jerry. <laughs> You did great out there today. Kids you're, raising like, a, you're raising a real killer here, Mrs. Smith. Let me tell you. I mean, he's just like... Yeah. All the while I he's... I don't know why it's got full Joey Diaz now, and now I'm kind of hoping that Joey Diaz does it instead. <laughs> like, because he'd be great. Well, like, it's like the whole bad Santa thing, you know? 
Just Joey there smoking a joint, just like, Coach, what are you doing? What do you want to do? <laughs> like, you want to go or what? You want to go? Hey, come on. <laughs> don't bring that fairy weed out, Joe Rogan. Don't, don't bring, don't bring the... I drive up here 40 minutes, you're not getting me high. I love it when he's like... <laughs> when he's... Joey Diaz is a... I don't know what he has to do with this. He was in a movie, I guess. Uh, he's been in a couple movies, but... um, Yeah. For me... The most outrageous thing. He was. Yes. He stood up for Spider-Man. He did stand. Only Uncle Joey stood up for Spider-Man. I'll save you, Tobey Maguire. (laughs) (laughs) Get over here, cocksucker. All right, okay, here we go. Doc Ock, Doc Ock, who the fuck's Doc Ock? Doc Ock ain't got nothing on me. (laughs) Doc Ock, Green Goblins, I don't know. Doc Ock, Green Goblins, don't matter. Nothing, Nothing stands between me and Uncle Joey's weed. It doesn't. You don't stand a chance. I told you, you ever thought of doing a podcast? Have you on the church? Have you on the church? You can get. We'll see if we can get Lee Syatt more fucked up. I got this stuff called Stars of Death, Toby. (laughs) (laughs) Why is Joey Diaz and Rick Sanchez like. Yeah, they are. I got this stuff for you. It's, I got, just, we're gonna try this, Morty. We gotta, it's like, it's these stars of death. I get, I don't get out of bed for more than 2,000 milligrams, Joe Rogan. I forget who he was talking to. I watched a more recent one, and he was talking about those stars of death. And he's like, they don't sell them no more. They start selling them. Some kid died on them or something. Some guy who had eaten them. And he's just like, but I, I bought, I bought them out. I bought them out. I still got them. It's like, yeah, how old are these, Joe? Yeah, he's like, I don't know, a couple of years old. This one's got mold on it. Yeah, you just picked that up. <laughs> You pick, you pick that bit up and you just eat what's going on. I'm just like, oh, my oh, God. No. Like, oh, oh, man. Wow. And, yeah, so that's how good that movie was. That's how <laughs> great like, that movie is. Absolutely. Um, no, it's a, it, listen, let's, let's wrap that up. It's a fucking solid movie. Like, to be fair, as, as harsh as I judged it is because it's in... A fucking big punching category of movies, isn't it? Like, Absolutely. If, you're gonna, if you want to rock with those guys, if you want to rock with like the Reservoir Dogs of the world, like man, they're throwing their weight around. You know what I mean? And so exactly, it's, it's a big place. It's, it's a you know, it, it, and, and when was the last one? True. Like, in in recent times that came out, you know, I mean, someone would say Ocean's Thirteen. I would say shut your mouth, but like yeah. Because that's not well, the same thing. No, it's but like it's sort of the way, it, the way it looked. It was as it was as if, it was as if they were like Steve, like Soderbergh saw Get Shorty, and was like, I want to do a bunch of shots, like 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 they have in this movie. Like it's it, there was because there's a couple different parallels. I do desperately want to see. Uh, we need to do. We did a uh, a long episode that had Get Shorty in it. I would love to do an episode, uh, just a, a regular size episode on Get Shorty, because there's so many great. There's so many great like little moments might, <laughs> with just like the hand coming up into frame with the gun in it pointing at his so nuts. Good. Like so it's there's so yeah. many of those little tiny things in it. That I want, I'd love to talk about, but. I, I love that movie. I love that type of movie, like Get Shorty, because it's it's special. 
there's something special happening. Like sometimes everything, what everything, and you don't know quite what it is. Like we were talking about art a little bit ago. There's these unquantifiable things that need to yes. be there. And yes. every now and again, you strike gold. And that movie will be good in 20 years. I watched it a couple months ago. It would be good if I watched it t- tonight. It would yep. be good if I watched it a week from now. It just... It has, it's a full world, isn't it? Like, right. And that's something that is hard to do in a movie, especially in that type of runtime, where when I'm watching Got Shorty, Get Shorty, I buy in every time. John Travolta is the coolest man on the planet. Like, yep. he is that guy. Like, he is that guy. He could do nothing wrong. Everything he touches turns to gold. Like, and it's just like... And, and it's not in a hard... And not in a way where it's hard to root for it. I, right. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. It's just, But it's just like... You just want to see what he gets up to. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, like, he never gets the hat... Like, you know, he never gets the hat dropped on him. And he's just always a step ahead, even though we were with him the whole time. So I don't know how you knew about that. And that's what makes it more special. Because you're like, wow, he really is something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And it's, uh, he plays that role so well. Yeah. I actually think um, if they would have done a better job with the sequel, I think that could have been a recurring role for him. Because It definitely, really it definitely could have been. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. He, f- he fills those shoes real well. Uh, we, I mean, and well, the way the at the at the rate no sudden move was going, I was like, it's going to be soon where Travolta is going to make a cameo in this. I was, I was thinking, <laughs> like you know, yeah. at some point. Um, no, it, we keep going off of it, but yeah, no, it's a solid, it's a solid movie. Like I said, when was the last one that came out? Uh, any movie that I would tell you to watch that's better than this movie in this category, you've already seen. Yeah, that's or, the, that's or you've already heard yeah. of it, exactly. It's not yeah. anything that you haven't um, been exposed to. Yeah, so, no, I, I, they're all worth a watch. They're all good. Like I said, it's just some, uh, like, like I said, they, the story-wise, stuff like that, like, like any, any movie that's going to withhold information from you till the very end is worth a watch. They've got yes. you right there, hook, line, and sinker, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, like we can't tell you anymore. If you want to know what it's about, you got to watch it. Like, because I ain't gonna get no fucking spoiler tags or nothing like that. So exactly. Now, and it. you know, it's well, the whole thing with spoilers and everything. If it's a, if it's an older film or something that's been around for for quite some time, sure, there might be more spoilers in those. But the main thing that we want to do is just encourage you to go see it, regardless of what we have to say. You know, uh, we're like like Warren said, we're never really going to shit on anything. Um, no. Even even the movies that were that we say these this is a bad movie, it's it's in the list for a reason. It's because it, it, you need to watch it. You know, there's going to be yeah. a bunch of there's going to be a bunch of those movies that yeah. are that are genuinely some of, awful. Some movies <laughs> that I absolutely love. I, if you're holding the gun to my head, I'd have to tell you they're bad movies. Like, yeah, there's there, sometimes. You know, some. Why do some people, you know, rescue three-legged dogs? Because you love them. Yes. Because they're lovable. There's something. <laughs> there's something about it. Like it, it's the, it's, you know, it's the fucking. Uh, it's the ugly stuff. No, <laughs> it's the fucking. <laughs> um, 
you know, it's the fucking uh, my brain. Oh, I just tried to breathe what, in. What was it? The what was it that people say? People say something. <laughs> it's the like like. Are we talking about like stuff that's it's, that's it's, gross? It's the imperfection, Joe Rogan. <laughs> like no, it's, the no, imp- it's the it's the. It's the, it's the imperfections of right. things that make them special, right? Because yeah. those uh, those can't be recreated, and I think that that is hundred uh, percent. Yeah. So so yeah, and and I and plus, hey, we all like to spill the tea here and there, you know, dish a little dirt, queen, you know. <laughs> <You're> so, <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know, Warren just recently moved to Nevada. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, well, you know, I think that's good. That, that ought to do it for this particular episode. Um, again, the movie's called No Sudden Move. You can find it on HBO Max. Uh, I think you can find yeah. it on... I think you can purchase it on Prime and stuff like that, too. Um, yeah. You know, you can rent it. I've been renting movies. I really have. Even though, And it doesn't make any sense because it's just money down the drain. But I enjoy that now. Like, if my boys... If I've got, if I've got my kids and everything... And they see like a specific kind of thing. Yeah, sure. I'll rent it for three bucks. Yeah. It's like a cool, it's like, you know, yeah. as, as evil as Amazon has been lately, <laughs> it's kind of a thing where that they're trying to, it's a thing that's there. That's, that's a, a thing from my childhood, you know, where, where we would go Friday nights or something and rent a movie. And I think that's, you know, with this podcast premiering on Fridays and everything, uh, it gives you, it encourages you to, after you're done listening to this, whenever you might listen to it, if you listen to it when it premieres or maybe later, to, uh, you know, search that those weird places on Amazon Prime and and spend that $4 that you were probably going to buy a cheeseburger down the road on. Yeah. But, you know, rent that, that weird movie that's on there uh, that you weren't exactly sure that you were going to like. Uh, you know, yeah. do it. You find some gems, and this is one of them. Absolutely, no sudden move is absolutely something you wanna you wanna have yeah. a look at. And it's this, yeah, this one's actually uh, free on HBO Max. So yep. like, and HBO great, uh, HBO Max, I tell you, man, uh, not as not as overwhelmingly abundant a catalog. Like it's nowhere. It's it's not Netflix. No, you know, but, it's but curated. But exactly, think, HBO Max. HBO Max is like, like Netflix is the Netflix is a streaming service for people that don't know what they want to watch. HBO Max is tailored to people that have an idea and they have, or not, and not just, a, but not necessarily the movie they want to watch. Like, oh, you're going to find it here, but the caliber of movie yeah. that you want to watch. It's, these are that solely like hollywood movies yeah. like even the old ones that's like they all reach that level they're all of us above a certain level of production budget whatever like you know what i mean so like yeah that's what i like about it because i know if i go through hbo max um i, I know i'm gonna watch uh, like i can pick no wrong like every, everything on there is you know decently solid um, they actually have some good like documentaries and shit on there too. I just watched, started watching one on the hundred foot wave. Uh, it's called um, about these surfers and shit. Fucking clown shoes is <laughs> like how I would describe <laughs> it. Fucking just crazy people. Yeah, insane. Um, like 
yeah uh, but no there's some good shit on it but like i said it's all even that is this the camera quality it's how it's filmed it's like you know like it seems like everything that gets put on there is has to hit these check boxes of right okay well if it's a movie it still has to look good like it has to like be of this caliber i like that yeah um, definitely don't get me wrong i like that's not shit on any of them i like netflix i like their stuff they churn out netflix exclusives oh sure yeah we're um, gonna be talking about a bunch of those yeah so but you know each one of them i like how they have their own little personality their own little niche that they're kind of getting at you know solid yeah man yeah well uh that that'll that'll do it for this particular episode <clears throat> excuse me yep Enjoy us. Enjoy us. Taking you all the way here. Exactly. You've got to find your way home. Yeah. We didn't take you home. It's It's well. The good thing is it's downhill, and we've marked the path. That's about it. Uh, You can catch us. You can catch this uh, podcast dropping every Friday. Um, That's all I'm going to give you. (laughs) I don't know what time it'll do that, but it'll it'll do that, and it'll premiere uh, mainly on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Just about anywhere, and uh, I hope uh, I hope y'all dig it. And this is uh, this is the first of many, I believe. Can you dig it? <laughs> Can you? I, I got to get a soundboard or something. Bye. Yeah, thanks. I'll see, see you, you guys. Bitch. Paper bitch. <laughs>